0: you locked in chains, didn't ease my pain, left me feeling ashamed, out in the rain, can't explain the pain, how I stay sane, don't like the game, will it ever change?
1: everyone and welcome to Resilient Stories podcast where we share the grit and the glory behind the stories of amazing people like you who have bounced back from failure and adversity to go on to live their best life on purpose. Joining me today is Dr. Tommy Watson. So Dr. Watson, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thank you very much for having me. It's an honor.
1: How are you? How about your holidays?
0: You know, it was great. Ate, ate way too much and slept yeah. way too
1: much. <laughs> so oh. the norm, the norm.
0: Yes. Now I have okay. a new year's resolution to, to lose weight again.
1: Okay. <laughs> so really the norm, huh? What yeah, we right. all are going to do. Yeah. All right. Okay. So Dr. Watson, I know that you truly believe in the value of telling your story. Yeah. Um, so what, why do you think it's important for you yourself to tell your story as the host of this podcast?
0: Yeah. You know, and thank you for allowing me to sit on the other side of the seat and you uh-huh. direct me. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know, as we go through life, you know, sometimes we go through so many obstacles in our life that are so painful. And we find ourselves in this whirlwind of just emotions of uh, pain, anger, anguish. Uh-huh. Um, as we go through life and we start living out other people's dreams, we don't really know how our stories connect to our past and our own healing, and what have you. Right. And it took me getting to a place where I was actually um, very embarrassed about my story and began telling my story, where I began to heal. And then the healing process also went. I said, I need to do more to help other people who are going through the same thing. So that's my goal, my purpose, my mission with, with the work that I'm doing here is, you know, to one, continue to heal, but also help others and let them know that their stories have meaning and will be uh, very helpful for other people here as well.
1: Okay, <laughs> yes, I know that the, the purpose um, of the podcast and the things that your guests will talk about is how they bounce back from failures and adversity and how they're now living their best life. So let's talk about yours. Um, so what was the biggest obstacle you had to overcome in your life or career?
0: Yeah, you know, the, the opening song to the um podcast says, seeing you locked in chains didn't ease my pain, left me feeling ashamed out in the rain, can't explain the pain how I stayed sane, don't like the game, will it ever change? You know, those lyrics came from seeing my mom in prison in third grade.
1: Seeing mm-hmm. her
0: locked in chains didn't ease my pain. It left me feeling ashamed in school with the other kids because I didn't have mom there to explain or even come to support me in anything. Right. Um, and then I just couldn't ex- express the pain. Don't know how I stayed sane. And there definitely did not like the game. And I was just one to spend a lot of my time wondering would it ever change? You know, that moment uh, kind of propelled and, and, and really impacted me a lot. When I was a senior in high school, I found myself homeless. My mom and dad were heroin addicts and shoplifters who were arrested 121 times by the time I finished high school. And I remember my senior year of high school, when she had just gotten out of prison and ended up going back to prison because she couldn't find a job and she was selling drugs to take care of us. I remember just being really devastated and having my mom leave in that, at that most critical moment of her life. Think about your senior year of high school when you have all these aspirations and yeah, right. things that people are telling you about, you have all these fears and my my mom goes back to prison in that moment. It was, it was very scary, yeah.
1: yeah. So how did you cope with that?
0: You know what, I, I really, um, I, I relied a lot on my best friend, my best friend at the time. Um, and I were very close, His little named LeJean Vivens. Um, shout with out him. to John. Le, LeJean, LeJean Vivens. Yeah. Yeah,
1: say shout out to John. Oh, LeJean. Shout Le out shout to out. Lejean. Okay.
0: Bo- boogie's his name. Boogie. boogie.
1: Okay, Boogie. All right. Boogie.
0: So, you know, just relying a lot on, you know, just sharing with him. And then I relied a lot on, on, on sports, you know, my dreams of, of going on to play sports someday at a higher level. Right, kept me really motivated at the time, yeah. Okay.
1: So then, um, so what, like, what actual steps did you take to process
0: through this? You know what, now, now that I look back, um, probably the biggest steps I took was, probably one of the most important ones, was I kept going to school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't find a reason to drop out. I didn't find a reason to um, avoid school. Yeah. And in doing so, it kept me with some structure in my life, it kept me... Structured, structured academically, mm-hmm. it kept me structured when it came to sports. So I didn't have a lot of time to get caught, caught up with a bunch of riffraff that I could have gotten caught up in and had I really sat and thought about the, 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 the chaos that I was in at the time. So right. not doing nothing uh, or doing something kept me from honing my mind in all the, on all the chaos. But I think sometimes when people uh, get to a place where we give up and we stop mm-hmm. moving, what you, what you find yourself doing is spending a lot of time now thinking about the chaos that you're in. Right. And it becomes a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I didn't have time to think about the chaos because my head was down grinding academically and athletically. That's how I kind of began to take those steps to cope with that. Yeah. Okay.
1: And in that, did you have um, any mentors or guides to help you through it
0: you No, know, I did. But they didn't necessarily know my story at the time. They just right. knew that I came from a tough background. So I had a, a football coach and a a teacher at, at Mullen High School in Denver, Colorado, who mm-hmm. just really kept encouraging me to make sure that I, you know, was was going to do that, do academically, so that I can get onto a college campus and right. go on and get a degree and um, better my life. Because again, they knew that I was coming from s- tough circumstance. They didn't know all the, the magnitude of what I was dealing with, but right. they just kept me encouraged. You know, just keep saying the education. Kept telling me that education was the way out. Education was yeah. going to be the pathway to the NFL because they knew that my dream was to get to the NFL. They never crushed right. that team or killed it. And uh just kept going. Yeah. Okay.
1: Did you get any bad advice during that time?
0: You know what? Um, there were some people telling me to um, go to college in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I think had I listened to that advice, I would have been in pretty bad shape because, again, I, what I needed most, and I was actually close to doing that. I was actually committed to Colorado State. I took one visit to Colorado State University. I loved it, and I was getting ready to stay home in Colorado. My coach was like, you took one visit. You got five more visits to take. You know, what, what are you basing the one visit off of? I'm like, hey, I had fun. He's like, no, you need to go visit some other school. So um, thank God there was more good advice that piled on. Right. over that bad advice, I would have been in trouble. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because you would have stayed in the same environment had you stayed home. Absolutely. Right. That
0: environment was going to be right down the street from you. It would have been right. on the campus there as well. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, so, so. In that, what would you consider your turning point? Where did things start to look up for you?
0: You know what, I think, me and my, my boy book, we were, we got tickets to see this, this new movie that was coming out at the time. Mm-hmm. Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. I remember we went to see Boys in the Hood, in movie theater. Mm-hmm. Everyone <laughs> was excited about this movie. It was like yeah, 19- I was excited about, it. excited about that Excited about was like in November of 1991, everybody was excited about it. I remember watching this movie, watching this movie, and the star player, Rick, football player, yeah. similar. Yeah. I connected with him. You know, Rick is living in the hood. His brother right. involved in criminal activity. So yeah. me and Rick had a, a really good connection there. Okay. And I was feeling good about Rick. You know, he's taking the SAT to go off to college. I'm looking forward to Rick doing some good things. And then in the movie, Rick tragically gets killed. I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Me and my boy, Boog look, looked over each other because he was feeling the same thing. like, you and Rick got the same story. Yeah. And I remember me and Boog left the movie theater reading the same thing to each other. We got in the car and we both just start crying. He was like, T, that's your story. I'm like, man, you're right. And we just cried and cried, cried for a minute, and we got wow. together and said, don't tell anybody we've been crying about this, man. But it was very much understood at that moment in time <laughs> that I didn't want the tragedy of Rick's life to be my tragedy. Right. And I said right. I had to do everything I, was, I had to do to okay. stay away from a lot of those moving pieces. Because again, at the time, mm-hmm. uh, my brothers were both involved in gangs heavily. Mm-hmm. I had been in drive-by shooting where luckily I didn't get killed at the time. Uh, there mm-hmm. was drugs in and out of the house. So I had to really be very, very strategic about keeping my way, keeping myself away from that type of stuff. So that mm-hmm. I could be in a position to live my next life, which was getting onto a college campus. And in fact, when I signed with the University of Minnesota, they, they signed. I finally told them my story and they, they brought me in early um, to get me out of that environment.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. So kind of what you're doing then, so you kind of saw the, your life on a big screen. So somebody told a story. that affected you Um, so whether it was true or not and it was true for a lot of people that we knew growing up absolutely it's very possible that that could have happened yes okay um all right so when things got tough though as you're making this transition what kind of tools helped you to keep forward keep moving forward
0: you know what it was the my aspirations were playing the nfl you Mm -hmm. know i had strong aspirations to go to the nfl Mm -hmm. you know even though my motives were about the money at the time I yeah. eventually uh, learned that it was also about freedom. Uh, the NFL, for many of us, growing up in the inner cities. Yeah, we love sports, yeah. but it also signifies freedom for many of us, especially when you grew up in a yeah. situation where you didn't have any money. Right. Um, that thought of going to a place where you can get all this money and don't have to worry about eating, don't have to worry about lights being shut off and all that type of stuff, uh, yeah. for many of us, we equate that to freedom. So it was that goal, that vision of going to the NFL and having that freedom that came along with it that kept me going at that time.
1: So obviously you were transitioning from being a boy to a man. So we have just that natural—you're a different person. But how do you think that um, situation with your parents shaped you as the man that you are today? How did
0: they influence you? Great question. So you know what? I look back over my life. Unfortunately, Doctor Cunningham, I didn't—I don't think I got a chance to spend a lot of time being a kid. Mm. I was always on the grind. Always thinking about the next move. Protecting, looking over my little brother, um, looking after my little sister. Um, we just found ourselves in so many situations where I couldn't just sit back and just, hey, we're free. I had to constantly be on guard saying, yeah. okay, who's going to come to this motel room? Make sure this guy right here don't bother my little sister, but make sure this guy don't bother my little brother. We go to school, how are we going to steal this food so we can get back to the house and eat? Yeah. So, so it was constantly, I never had a chance to really enjoy my childhood. So one of the things that I kind of, um, what just kind of changed me as a person is, I left my job as a as a principal making six figures about ten years ago, and people thought I was nuts. They're like, "What are you doing? Walk away from hundred twenty thousand dollars a year?" Right. I said, you know what, man? My biggest goal in life is that freedom and enjoy life. And again, I enjoyed being a school principal. I made a difference being a principal, mm-hmm. but what I really wanted to have was the freedom of time, and energy. I wanted to be able to get up when I wanted to get up, enjoy yeah. the sunshine. I wanted to be able to go to sleep when I wanted to go to sleep. And I didn't want to have to have pressures of Monday mornings. Uh, most of the, the pressure that most of us feel when we work for someone else like, yeah. around Monday mornings, yeah, anxiety comes in. You know, the, yep. all this other stuff that comes. I didn't, I didn't want that. Even so, at, even at the age of 36, I said, you know, I recognize. I said, you know, I want freedom. If that freedom means me only making five, ten thousand dollars a year, living in a trailer, I'm good. But I'll be in control of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you're smiling like, nah, I could have done it. Well, when, <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> That was my mindset, literally. I was like, hey, if I got to go to okay. the and train the trailer, man, but I can get up whenever I want to.
1: Yeah, you could. I'm
0: good. I'm good. <laughs> Just like, no, I can't do that.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, okay, so, uh, okay, so now here we are today. Fast forward. So you are um, a doctor. Um, you have a plethora of businesses. So what would you do differently if you could do anything differently?
0: Well, wow, that's a great question. Right. You know, I look back. One, I think one of the mistakes I made was only telling Boog my story.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: there were a lot of other folks who probably could have opened up doors to help me out a lot more. Yeah. Um, at that time, I probably would have been a lot more transparent with the folks in my high school, letting them know what was going on at home. But again, I was going to predominantly white high school, very affluent school. I don't, at the time, I didn't necessarily feel that I had a connection with them like that to open up. But at the same time, I didn't extend myself to to see if there was a connection there. But there was definitely a connection there that I've learned over the years. But if I look look back, I would definitely. uh... And then I would also spend more time thanking the folks like my grandmother, my aunt. I'm saying thank you, because there were a lot of folks who were really sacrificing, opening doors, making moves for me. My uncle bingo. I would have really tried to really say, hey, hey, thank you. Thank you. My aunt was really, she was providing with meals as she could. She was giving me encouragement. She was praying over me, you know, she she was doing She's praying for me, um, right. distance. But, but even my grandmother, my grandmother sacrificed a lot for me and my siblings to be taken in out of foster homes. I would have really uh, told those folks thank you and, and opened up myself a lot more to the folks around me who could have provided more leadership and guidance for me. Yeah. Okay.
1: When you say you could you could have um, been more transparent with your peers, yeah. is that more so to have helped you, or maybe you think there's somebody that you could have helped too by saying, "Hey, I'm I'm going through this at the same time."
0: You know, I think um, selfishly would have been to help me first. Mm-hmm. But there would probably have been some other things that could help them as well. Because there were a lot of kids from my neighborhood who came out to my high school um, because they they, they uh, witnessed me and Boog go out there. You know, so we right. opened up the door for a lot more kids. And the struggles that I was having at home may have been a little bit severe, but they had struggles too, though. Right. Mm-hmm. So they would have been able to see some of those things I was going through. And we could have probably created a bond and kind of went through it together. But at the same time, I think sometimes when you're going through stuff like that, though, yeah. It's, it's tough to kind of open up and share. You know, sometimes you're just like, hey, um, I got to get myself in the first. And then once right. I get on the other side, I'll turn around and help you out. But yeah. no. right. if I spend too much time talking about it, I'm going to go crazy right now. You know, I need to, just, <laughs> I need to just get through this thing, you know. All right. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So that's a great segue into the final question. So what advice would you give someone who's currently enduring the same challenge that you experienced?
0: Yeah, n- n- another great question there. So the hook to the song says, my scars tell me that I'm still alive. My mm-hmm. scars tell me that I survived. I think it's very important for each of us to remember that we've all been through some type of tough time in life. Mm-hmm. I just want to break the fact that you're here today, though, because sometimes we start going through tough times, we can get we can hone in on all the negativity that's associated with it, everything right. that went wrong, what's not working, all the people hurt us. But then we got to recognize that there was some, a lot of good people that may have been out there. Right. Mm-hmm. There was a handful of folks. There were some good moments. Um, and... and you're still here. So right. our scars sometimes aren't necessarily a reflection that how bad our life has been. Sometimes those scars are a reminder of the strength you have, the resiliency that you have, the courage that you have, the perseverance that you have to make it through those things and that you're alive. Let's celebrate, you know? Let's yeah. celebrate the fact that you're still alive. Right? And, and for many folks who are leaving out of 2020, 2020 has been a tough year for many folks. But if you're sitting here today as a listener, Listen to this podcast, you got some things to be very much to be thankful for of course, right. 2020. Yes, I lost my sister, I lost my father in 2020, but I'm still standing here to make a difference in 2021. So we want to make that 2021 a winning year for us. Um, yeah. and not just look back over 2020 and just think about all the, the, the negative and painful yeah. things, which there which there have been many of them.
1: Right, at the yeah. same
0: time, we gotta kind of move forward and know that we're still alive, we're still here. Yeah. Great question.
1: Well, Dr. Watson, thank you um, for answering those questions. Um, you have truly had to be resilient. So you didn't just have one thing. You had a couple of situations. Um, and what stood out for me was it wasn't just you. You had your brothers and your sisters to think about as well yeah. uh, to help them get through the best they could. Um, so thank you for that.
0: Absolutely. And thank so you gonna, for being the host here. You did a good
1: job. <laughs> so My I'm job is in
0: jeopardy. My job may be in jeopardy, <laughs> folks, with Dr. Cunningham.
1: <laughs> I'll, look, I'll be thinking of a plan being. Um okay so we're gonna lighten the mood here a little bit and I have about maybe 30 questions that I'm just gonna shoot at you um, I'm not gonna do any follow-up questions I'm just gonna ask you the question and, and let you respond okay. so we call this the rapid-fire questions it's gonna give the, um, the learners an opportunity to learn more about you um, and I've gone through this so I actually was surprised by some of the answers I gave so maybe you learn something about yourself as well <laughs>
0: but,
1: um, you ready
0: All right. Let me buckle in. Let me get get a quick sip of water here.
1: Take a sip of your water.
0: All right. Buckle up. All right. Let's go. Here we go. Let's go. Okay.
1: First question. How have you turned a dream into a reality?
0: Wow. You know, again, when I was leaving my job as a school principal, Mm -hmm. um, my goal was to have freedom. And I thank God that I've been able to take that goal and turn it into a uh, a million-dollar business where I have freedom today. So that's been a, a huge blessing, though. So, Okay.
1: What gives your life meaning?
0: gives my life meaning uh, the opportunity to help others and encourage others to be the best they can be.
1: Okay. If money wasn't an issue, what would you do with your time?
0: Exactly what I'm doing today.
1: <laughs> uh, what verb best describes you?
0: Uh, uh, resilient, passionate, um, okay. energized okay, you know, one,
1: I played, okay. <laughs> um okay uh what problem do you want to solve
0: you know i i, I want to i have a huge heart for, for kids because you know there's one thing to grow up in poverty it's mm-hmm. another thing to grow up homeless you know i tell people you know when, when i was with my friends in middle school many of them yeah. lived in projects the school bus went, and picked up many of them yeah. projects took them to school they got food everything else, and, There was no stigma that related to them because they were all coming from projects. Me and my brother, we were walking to school from the motel room from another city. No one had our phone number. No one knew our address. We were eating at the room, the motel room. There was nine of us in one room. We weren't getting any kind of government assistance, anything like that. So I have a huge heart and past, a huge heart for those kids who are dealing with homelessness. And that's an area that I want to impact as I go forward.
1: A lot I don't want to say about that, but I'll keep
0: going. Uh, what was your favorite thing
1: to
0: do as a kid? Daydream. Mm. Just daydream. Just think about, you know, I, I used to read a lot of those little kid books where the kid looked happy under the apple tree, and I was like, I want to be that kid one day. I, I know, not know what it, to, what it was going to take to get there, but I, I want an apple to fall from the tree and hit me in the head, and I just smile. I want to experience that one day. Smile
1: and smile. OK. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: why are you doing what you're currently doing?
0: You know, again, I think my mission in life is to help help others help others be the best they can be in all that they do. And that's that's my goal. That's my dream. And that's, that's what I'm setting out for.
1: Okay. What do you wish you had more time to do? Uh,
0: that's a good question. Um, well, I wish I had more time to do uh, travel. I like traveling. Okay.
1: Um, what did your 15-year-old self imagine you'd be doing right now?
0: Uh, playing in, finished finishing up my NFL dream. Living in a big mansion, and mm-hmm. on a world tour with uh, P. Diddy and Puffy and all those other folks, just rocking okay.
1: it out. <laughs> you the athlete in the video, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. Um, okay.
0: <laughs> if you had to teach something, what would you teach? You know, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of resiliency, of course, but also I'm a big fan of uh, of us learning about what it truly means to be wealthy. You know, a lot of us grew up in households where we we learn about getting education to get a higher income. Right. We don't necessarily know how to turn that income into wealth. Right. So I'm very, very passionate about that. You know, helping other people turn their income into wealth.
1: Okay. That's a great point. Um, who inspires you the most and why?
0: Uh, you know, wow. You know, my kids inspire me. My kids, they've been there with me from day one. My grandmother, my aunt, my aunt Mildred, my uncle Bingo keep me going. Because these are folks who always been with me when, 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 when I was down and out, you know. Um, yeah. So great folks in my life. Yeah.
1: Okay. What's something about yourself or your life that might surprise us?
0: Hmm. That I am the ultimate morning person. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Cunningham gets she's part of my team. She gets emails from me. At the P30, oh, who's going to be surprised? <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, the... You know, there are some people say they're morning people them the ultimate morning yes. person. 3.30
1: no, in the
0: morning on 10, on 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> um, okay. What's on your bucket list for 2021?
0: Wow. To, um, I'm doing a podcast that I'm mm-hmm. starting called Resilient Stories. You know, mm-hmm. we're doing this. And I want to be able to get more and more stories of those resilient people out there and have it grow and really touch lives and, and of millions around the world. That's my goal.
1: Okay. What's something you'll spend time doing no matter what?
0: Uh, sleeping. Okay. To take what a nap. Would you
1: like to, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> what would you like your grandchildren to say about you?
0: That he was an overcomer. He set the tone and he, he changed the trajectory of what it meant to be a Watson.
1: Okay. All right. If you were a superhero, what would your power be and why?
0: Wow, you know, I was always a big fan of He Man. I like He-Man. Okay. He just okay. he was in good shape and I just want to be in good shape like that. Okay. But let's see, if there was one um superpower. What would my superpower be? Um I guess to, to leap from buildings, building to building. That's that's what I want to do. <laughs> All right.
1: Um if I want to walk around your home, what clues would reveal what, what clues would tell me what you love? I love learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then I love getting my naps in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And peace, and peace and quiet as well. Mm-hmm, so when yeah. the kids come to my home, I always tell me, don't don't it's not a kid's funny house, don't run around here, don't tell to me. So I would have been one of the kids. I'd be one of the kids who came to this house, they they'd be telling me to leave.
1: They'd yeah. Say,
0: I'm my little brother, we caused a lot of chaos in people's homes. They'd be telling us. <laughs> Jump around, you are on the rails. Get off the rails and leave the picture alone. Get off, get off the couch. So okay. I, wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been a welcome kid in my house. <laughs> okay.
1: um, what would you go back to school for?
0: Um, you know what? I'm pretty fascinated by a lot of real estate developers. You know, I, I love seeing places that were tree, you know, full of trees and nothing there. Well, there was something there, the life of the trees, but to see the ingenuity that kind of comes in place when people build different things so maybe something with engineering or um, development construction development something like that okay
1: what sparks your creativity
0: Uh, what sparks my creativity Um, stories I love hearing stories Mm for people who are overcomers so I surround myself with stories quotes Mm -hmm. people overcomers those are things that spark me get me pumped up excited
1: if you became president, what would be the first law that you passed?
0: I would make sure that each and every kid in our society who's um, in the school system, who's facing with uh, faced with homelessness has all the supports they need to, to go on to not only finish K through 12 education, but also grant them um, free monies where they can at least uh, finish and fulfill a four year college degree.
1: If you could follow someone around for a day, who would it be and why?
0: Great question. I'm a big fan of President Obama. Uh, So I would love to see how he is still sane after dealing with some of the insaneness of being the president of the United States for years. So love to hear that.
1: The first black president.
0: Absolutely. First black. The best president. Yes. Uh Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm not supposed to follow up. So let me see. (laughs) Um, What do you do? What do you love to do for
0: others? I I love to inspire others. I, I love to. Get going back to the engineering piece and that that developer piece, mm-hmm. taking something that people didn't see there and creating yeah. something new and getting people inspired by it. That's I love it. I love it. So I see myself as kind of an engineering engineer of dreams for mm-hmm. people. Engineer hope. So yeah. Don't have to tweet that.
1: Yes. Um, what's the best gift anyone's ever given to you and why? Think,
0: why was it the best? You know what? Um I have a trunk in my office. Mm-hmm. I keep with me all the time. Yeah. With me for almost 30 years. Okay. It given to me by a good friend of mine, Emmett Wallace. Okay. Um, when I was in high school, he knew I was going through some tough times. And I keep this trunk with me everywhere I go. But um the the intangible will probably be just the, the gift of hope, you know, knowing how to keep myself hopeful, motivated, believing in myself, faithful, you know, um, you know, feeling, you know, all those great things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's the best compliment you've ever received?
0: that You inspired me. Don't get too much better than that.
1: What industry, company, or organization would you leave your current job for?
0: Hmm. I wouldn't mind being the CEO of um, Amazon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a bad job right now. Huh? In,
1: in its current state, or at the startup phase. At the
0: current state, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna leave. Go back to the beginning, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: um what's one thing you've never been afraid to do
0: uh be myself you know I I, I tell people a lot growing up as a kid I wouldn't necessarily say that I was a leader Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say I was a follower I was a kid who really tuned into what my heart felt and I did it you know a lot of times I was rocking solo right I was rocking with me and my little brother my little brother was coming along because he didn't have a choice but you know but I didn't really (laughs) give it to a lot of the pressures around me to do what other kids were doing, though.
1: Okay. What moment from your childhood are you most proud of?
0: Wow. Um, you know, in eighth grade, I was living in a motel room with nine people. I was literally walking 10 miles to stay involved in basketball from the motel room to the basketball court every day. No parental support, um, not even breakfast, you know. Uh, yeah. So staying involved in sports when everything around me was telling me not to stay involved in sports, uh, and including my family, was telling me I was a fool for, you know, dreaming about NFL and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. So at a time when, you know, things were falling apart, I stayed involved in sports. Yeah.
1: Okay. What does success look like for you?
0: I think okay. For me, success is about freedom. It's not about a, a, um, a monetary figure. It's really about the freedom of choice, the freedom of time, the yeah. freedom of um, thought. Just being free to be who God has put you on the earth to be because oftentimes many of us would chase money. Right. And we will become who someone else told us to be. We right. We're not necessarily happy or um, living our best lives.
1: Right.
0: Okay. What would the people
1: who know you best say that your purpose in life is?
0: To continue to inspire others to be more, dream more, and to see more. What are you most grateful for? I am most grateful for family, mm-hmm. life, and opportunity. You know, every day we blow it. So it's great to be able to come back and say, hey, you know what? Today's a new day. Let me try to get this thing right. Because yeah. 2021, my, my, my initial goals last year were health, eat right, do better. Mm-hmm. My goals this year, are health, eat right, do better. I'm going to do better this <laughs> year. Okay. <laughs> Re- reboot, reboot. Okay. <laughs> reboot.
1: Okay. All right. Um, what are the biggest lessons you've learned in life?
0: Wow. You know, the, the power of just being able to hope in the midst of chaos is very, very powerful. I think sometimes we go through situations where we can become overwhelmed by a lot of the negativity that goes on. The uh-huh. Power of the mind is so powerful. That's yeah. probably one of the biggest lessons I learned. You know, you can take a man and put him in jail. Uh-huh. That man or a woman, yeah. their mind can take them to a place where they never will be incarcerated ever. Right. right. Yeah, because their minds are able to go to a place where they're not physically where they Mm -hmm. where they where they may be at that moment. So our minds, the power of the mind is very, very critical. I think we have to be able to utilize that with our current circumstances and and allow us to dream about what's to come. Yeah.
1: Okay. If you
0: could trade jobs with someone you know, who would it be? Trade jobs with someone I know who would it be? I, I would go back to uh, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama. He, he's living his best life. He doesn't have to work anymore. He, he put in his eight years. <laughs> he just walk around. Post-presidency.
1: post-presidency.
0: Yeah, post-presidency. Right. Yeah, he gets to walk around with security, shut down airports, shut mm. down streets, shut down malls, and he's living his best life. He's having fun doing it with a great family. Right. So, yeah.
1: Okay. And how do you want to be remembered in history?
0: As someone who... Utilize this story to help himself, but also to heal himself, but also to help others along the way as well.
1: All right. Well, that was the last question. So thank you for that. You Woo. made it on the hot seat. You made it. You made it.
0: Thank you. So, thank, you. Um, <laughs>
1: thank you. Thank you for taking this time to share more of your story um, and answer these questions for us. We learned a lot. I learned a lot. I knew some. Well, learned some things about you that I didn't know otherwise. Um, in closing, anything you want to share with the audience? Any
0: you special know, events sure, coming up? Be sure to tune into the podcast. The podcast will be inspirational. We've got Dr. Cunningham. She was on the hot, sheet, hot mm-hmm. seat as well. You want to <laughs> yeah. definitely uh, tune in and get her information as well. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of great folks we're going to be um, showcasing their stories with. And be ready to dream and have a good time. I know 2021, 2020 has been tough for many of us. But yeah. let's get hopeful. Let's get inspired about what's to come in 2021 and beyond. So don't let 2020 take you out. Be hopeful. And we got some good things on the horizon for you.
1: Anything let 2020 be the reason your 2021 is better.
0: Yes, I like that.
1: Um, so okay, I will let you go. Um, so thank you again for this opportunity. It was fun for me to sit on this side of the seat. Um, and so
0: you having your eye on my seat now. I'm just
1: saying (laughs) if you ever need somebody to step in, just (laughs) let me know. Um okay, so I will uh I'll conclude and I'll do your deuces. That's your trademark thing. So
0: yeah, deuces thank you everyone god bless yours truly dr watson